on today's episode of The Mythic Masculine. Yeah, I've been really inspired to reinvigorate some um, intuitive primal vocal connect connectivity. After doing that for a few years, I yeah, I just had a lot of guys coming to me being like, let's do um, some men's work with, uh, with the voice and... Yeah, it's been super powerful. I mean, you know, when we when we sing together, we breathe together. When we sing together, we, you know, we're opening to a collective. There's a there's an amazing point of reference, you know, where we can learn about how how we're holding back or how we're giving too much, you know. There's a there's a beautiful balance there where you can hear your own voice and hear every other voice in the room. And through that experience, there's there's like a there's an energetic imprint. There's a pool of uh, experience of connectivity that can then expand out into all realms of the way we live. What does it mean to be a man today? The toxic patterns of masculinity are being challenged, and the new pathways are just beginning to rise. In the era of Me Too and biospheric uncertainty, how might we look to the old mythologies for guidance? to navigate this space between stories. This podcast explores the historical, cultural, and contemporary voices that are shaping this dynamic conversation of the emerging masculinities. Greetings, dear listener. I'm your host, Ian McKenzie. My guest today is Murray Kyle, a mystic troubadour from Byron Bay, Australia. Over 15 years of writing and touring his music, has built him a grassroots audience from all over the world. His songs have become anthems of the heart, inviting reconnection to each other and the wisdom of the earth. I first met Murray while touring Australia back in 2016. I attended a singing circle he led with other local men. I still remember how rich and healing it was to raise my voice in soulful brotherhood. In our conversation today, we speak about awakening to his soul's purpose as musician the cultural beauty of men coming together in song, and the power of music to beckon forth our service to the world. Before we begin, I'd like to offer huge gratitude to my patrons, whose support makes this podcast possible. If you haven't joined yet, please consider coming on board. Supporters get access to exclusive bonus episodes and behind-the-scenes perks. Visit themythicmasculine.com and click Become a Supporter to learn more. As well, the Mythic Masculine Network is alive and thriving. It's an online community of artists, activists, and poets who are diving deep into the themes of mythology, ritual, and culture. Each week, we explore shared practices, online councils, exclusive film screenings, and much more. Head to network.themythicmasculine.com to claim your two-week free trial. And now, enjoy my interview with Murray Kyle. We begin by opening with one of my favorite tracks, Agua Pura Vida. Falling on down, straight like an arrow, sky took the ground, bringing new life, bringing it all around. Yeah. All around on sweet mama earth, bringing new life, 
giving new birth, opening the seed, carrying the fruit from the flower. Yeah. Some people say they can sell you the rain. Most people say that they're going insane. Gathering the gold for your personal gain. Well, come and come around and I'll drown you again. In the water, 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 the water to survive. Need the water, water, what is keeping us alive? Need the water, water. Kyle, welcome to the show. Good morning. Thank you, Ian. Would you please begin by sharing a little of where you are in this moment, you know, mentally, spiritually, physically, uh, whatever you feel called to speak to? All right. Well, I did say good morning because it's morning here in Australia. So, I, um, yeah, I'm physically sitting in my house <laughs> in uh, the Byron Bay region, the very east coast of Australia. It's... Um, I'm here on Bunjalung land, the Bunjalung nation, uh, First Nations here, Indigenous people, and uh, this this region is known as the First Light part of Australia. You know, the sun rises and touches a, some of the beautiful sacred mountains here and touches the coast, so there's a bit of a dreaming here that the energy from um, this part of Australia kind of beams out and stretches out across the land, and... Um, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good in the body, feeling pretty good in the spirit. Definitely, uh, yeah, there's a whole whole range of emotion moving through myself and all of humanity in this time. So that's a little uh, little snapshot. <laughs> how has the lockdown or quarantine or whatever they called it there, how has that been for you during the time of, you know, was int- time of introspection, of reflection and, mm-hmm. and all the rest? Uh, yeah. What a great question. <laughs> the, um, I guess, I guess my narrative around, around this time and my personal experience within it all is constantly changing. And, um, but I must say on a, on a, on a practical survival freedom level, I feel super blessed, you know, all through the, the initial kind of wave in Australia here, which was very, very minimal, you know, we still had access to the beach, local beaches here, We're jumping in the ocean, we can go on bushwalks, you know, so um, compared to a lot of parts of the world, we've just been really, really blessed to continue to stay a little pollinated with community and, and, and to have access to deep nature and elemental forces, which is a, a good medicine. Mm-hmm. I'm blessed in a similar fashion, you know, where I am on a, a small island off the coast of Vancouver, Canada. And in many ways, the the time in reflection, although they've eased a lot of the um, uh, ability to, you know, mingle with others now, at least where we are, uh, that the time has been largely, yeah, with access to, to beautiful nature and, uh, you know, a kind of um, rhythm that uh, I've just been yeah, really, really blessed to to be in. And in some ways, it laid bare 
you know, what so much of the city folk, what was a, a central tension suddenly, you know, of, of not being able to leave the energy of the city. And I know a lot of friends that were just, you know, just losing it, you know, after a period because they couldn't escape that energy, it felt like. And so in some ways I felt like it affirmed the choices I'd made in my life to be out in nature, you know, to be out of the city, choices I made a few years ago. Uh, and I wonder for you as well, I think you've lived in that area, right, for quite some time, of which uh, I believe I visited. I don't know if that was your home or not, but uh, that area of the world yeah, is stunning. And I wonder what what drew you to that place. Yeah, well, I, I can I can absolutely echo those sentiments, you know, of, um, through this time reflecting on my life path and, yeah, like the, the incremental choices – you know the the incremental choices that that um that I've made you know in in lots of different avenues you know in in a dietary sense in a in a vitality sense in a consciousness sense and in a physical sense being drawn to a um a region that is a is much more seated with um awareness i would say uh you know communal communal based uh dreamings communal based realities um not not always you know it's like we're we're stumbling as we go in in a lot of the alternative communities around the world because it's it's Mm. like we're essentially midwifing a culture back into life again and so Mm. you know we're sort of resuscitating those designs as we go along Uh, but i do feel you know that the byron bay region here is at the cutting edge of a lot of that and yeah, I was definitely, you know, drawn here many years ago. I grew up in the city in Sydney in a beautiful leafy area. But, um, yeah, relocating here to a, a much stronger nature, you know, having access to the ocean, the mountains, the, you know, sitting by the fire, all those things I really I really cherish. And, um, mm. you know, uh, b- better options for schooling, better options for getting to know the local farmer, you know, food security networks, all those sort of things. So, so yeah, similarly, I've, I've been, you know, reflecting on like, wow, a lot of my friends who are still living in a little apartment or a little house in the middle of the city, even in Australia where it's, it's been pretty chill really thus far. Mm -hmm. Um, I definitely feeling, yeah, grateful for having sculpted life in a connected way to nature Mm. i want to name to the listener a little bit about your work which is i i feel like a vast catalog of you know incredible music of which i actually encountered your music and heard of you prior to meeting you in person this is back in uh, australia in byron region 2016 i was actually on tour for um a film that I had completed called Amplify Her, which is about women in electronic music. And we premiered in the area and it was a beautiful turnout. And uh, I actually had an invitation from, uh, I I guess, a mutual friend um, named Dan, who also I think runs the, like a men's show, radio show on the local network. Uh, And he said, hey, you know, um, there's this fellow out in the country and he's doing a men's circle. Would you like to come? And, uh, you know, I thought, okay, that's edgy. You know, I, uh, it's not really something that I had uh, experienced before. I'd been doing men's work for some time. In fact, my friend uh, Eamon Armstrong and I were there. He himself was also, you know, he, he toured a lot of festivals and offered talks. And him and I banded together and we actually gave a little little mini men's tour, men's work tour. And uh, it was kind of a funny m- motif of, you know, a Canadian and an American talking about 
masculinity to Australians. <laughs> but <laughs> part of the part of that journey actually uh, brought me to uh, your place where men had gathered, and I, you know, I didn't really know what to expect. Just that um, the invitation was there, and so I remember arriving, and suddenly I was in with a group of men. I remember, I think it was you who invited us into, you know, a number of practices of grounding and um, I think connecting to a bit more of a primordial nature, you know, as a sort of warm up until we got to the part of joining our voices. And I mean, we can talk a little bit about that in a moment, but just I'll say that, you know, it was very immediately apparent to me just how powerful it was to share voice with other men. And, and I wonder initially what was it that brought you to make that invitation or, or, you know, was the circle something you had been doing for some time uh, or was it, you know, coming from a different impulse to bring men together in that way? Mm, awesome. Yeah, it was, it was great to share, share that evening with you actually, Ian. And um, I guess I could say, you know, uh, music has been a dear friend on my journey through this, you know, this thing we call the human life. It's been a friend. It's been an ally it's a it's a point of deep connection for me and you know as we all know the way we connect deeply we we grow a passion to to share that with other people you know whether it's a religious design or or an art form or or just a, a channel of creativity so um yeah the 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 beauty and the joy and the emotional intelligence that i've received through music uh, is is what I guess you know inspired and motivated me. Around 2012, I started running workshops, usually at festivals. Sometimes, you know, as as a side thing to to a live concert. It's kind of like that. And uh, yeah, just I just feel like our you know our culture. Most of us growing up growing up in the Western culture, we we're pretty devoid of using our voices together. Um, you know, there's a lot, there's mm. quite a lot of local choirs maybe, which are often, you know, a little bit of an older demographic and, and, um, have a certain style to what they do. So yeah, I've been really inspired to reinvigorate some, um, more kind of intuitive, yeah, primal, uh, primal vocal connect connectivity and, um, mm. After doing that for a few years, I yeah, I just had a lot of guys coming to me, being like, um, you know, hey, let's 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 do um, some men's work with uh, with the voice, and yeah, it's been super powerful. I mean, you know, when we when we sing together, we breathe together. When we sing together, we you know we're opening to a collective. There's a there's an amazing uh, point of reference, you know, where we can learn about how how we're holding back or how we're giving too much. You know, there's a there's a beautiful balance there where you can hear your own voice and hear every other voice in the room. And through that experience there's there's like a there's an energetic imprint. There's a pool of uh yeah, just a, a experience of connectivity that can then expand out into all realms of the way we live. Hmm. That's beautiful. I remember it was either an experience I had at the moment or something I read later about singing together with men in particular, but that, you know, in, in most modern culture, there isn't many examples or, or experiences that men have where they're not in competition with each other, mm. right? Uh, where, you know, sports is a classic example often where, yeah, you, you kind of show your 
manhood, let's say, by being in competition. And, you know, there's a winner, there's a loser. Whereas when you sing together with other men, and I found this experience as well, it was uh, an experience of common purpose, right? Where where there was a camaraderie in uh, a way of being with other men that wasn't in competition, but actually yeah, in, in shared service to this thing. In this case, you know, the beauty of the song and sharing our voices. And so in that sense, I, I was really touched by that. And also to me, it really hit what I feel is a lot of these these kinds of practices, which I've come to understand is is revillaging, right? Uh, uh, an example of you know how men would come together, and of course the women and others would come together as sort of a natural rhythm uh, in beauty making of a people. And of course, I've experienced this in different indigenous cultures that I've been to, um, and something that's again so so foundational to the collective identity of a people uh, and so absent for so many modern men, except there's only the longing, I find, that, you know, if men can get over the initial maybe weirded out feeling, right, of what's this about and all that, <laughs> suddenly there's a <laughs> totally. there's this, this deep ancestral uh, um, place that gets fed. And, and yeah, I certainly found that through that experience. Awesome. I'm, I'm so glad you shared that. I mean, yeah, part of my whole intention and... and um you know, aspiration in in a, in a group setting. You know that it's that it's that fine line between leadership and invisibility, and um, I definitely aspire. You know, even in in my live concerts these days, I really try and just create an atmosphere where I'm not the kind of I don't know the rock star or the the guy who's telling everyone how it's going to be, but you know, learning how to craft a climate where we're in it together, you know, and um, I think that's a certain flavor of leadership that's, that's uh, you know, kind of lacking in, in the masculine roles that we have right now. And um, it's, it's, a, it's a kind of leadership that is, um, you know, crafted by life itself. You, you could say you can't really get a certificate for that kind of thing. But, you know, when we sit with our Indigenous elders and we receive the way that they leave space for our own dreaming to enter and the way that they kind of nudge us in the right direction. It's, it's beautiful to receive that. And, um, you know, a couple of things with music, uh, I've, I've heard, I haven't quite verified this, but I've heard it said that in some of the African languages, there's no word for a singer. So it's kind of like just an obvious thing of like saying, you know, she's a walker or he's a breather. It's like everybody sings, and so part of the part of my passion with music is, you know, making making small humble steps to to reclaim that. And just like you said, you know, there's there's guys who might come along to a group like that and be like, you know, they might not have sung since they were a little boy. You know, they might not have sung since they were in some church group as a kid, or you know, and then other guys that sing loudly every day everywhere they go so it's this <laughs> this whole sort of this whole white broad spectrum and um you know the of all the instruments we can play i would say the voice is the most intimate i mean it's the most direct it's the most revealing and so yeah it's 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 awesome to um to push into that with other men and then hold space for each other as you know as those edges are revealed and, uh, you know, just like you were saying, it's like, where do we gather as men in this time? We gather at the pub, we gather at the footy, you know, we gather at a, you know, s social events, which are pretty, pretty hyper 
energetic and and often like you said very competitive either you know subconsciously or overtly and so i think what you touched on there is a really important thing of like ga- gathering in a in a sense where there's a real uh acknowledgement of common ground and uh i think that's you know that's a powerful key for for the archetypes of man to move forward is just like okay which like you said is is um you know resuscitating the awareness of the village whether we're actually right now living in a in a small region where that can be almost a reality or whether you know you're in the middle of the city and and you've got your local store and a couple of dudes you know that live down the hall you know that's a that's that's another kind of stencil of a village and i think you know in a in a, in the times where humanity's lived in those more intimate interconnected designs there's much more a sense of that shared journey you know there's like each one has their role each one has their key and each one is honored and acknowledged in that and so and there's an awareness if someone you know is overstepping their role and stepping onto someone else's role there's just a there's just a natural intelligence that informs where that beautiful balance where everyone has their their place you know in the sacred hoop and mm. there's an, a beautiful acknowledgement there and you can feel it you know when you gather with with other humans you can feel when that's present where everyone's like attuned to a certain uh just a certain experience together mm. Beautiful. I understand you grew up, as you mentioned, in the city and also in a Christian environment, I believe. And I wonder how that was for you to, you know, experience the the divine in that way and what led you to, in a way, bust out of that frame and to explore a more expansive or, or multifaceted understanding of the divine. Yeah. Um, yeah, I had I had a very I would say a relaxed Christian upbringing, you know. Um, yeah, me and my brother were you know sort of relaxed, stitched into to um, the Anglican Church down in Sydney, and um, yeah, I would say I received a lot from that. You know, it was a, it was a totally different kind of social um, experience to you know most of my schooling and those other things. So it kind of opened up in a certain way. And uh, it was also kind of perplexing to me, I would say, you know, that just witnessing my spiritual kind of design growing into that. And then I had a really powerful experience. I was sitting in church. I guess I was around uh, probably 11 or 12 or something. And I was sitting there and I, you know, I went into a, a deep kind of interconnected space. You could call it a, you know, a layer of kind of, uh, <laughs> you know, a, a type of samadhi actually. And I was sitting there and I, I felt, you know, let's say that that divine presence, he, she of many names, <laughs> start to expand. And, you know, I was just sitting there listening to a sermon or something. And I, I felt this kind of, um, it was like a bubble growing from out of me, expanding, 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 touching the walls, touching the ceiling of the church. And um, it was probably the first time I'd I'd had a deep state of meditative interconnectedness in my life, and it was completely spontaneous. And I felt this pressure. It was like it 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 was almost like in in a in a um, metaphorical sense, it it reached the outer 
edges of the dogma of religious design and there was a sort of a pressure and then it in this one moment it kind of viscerally sort of burst out through the walls and I was just I was sitting there like what is going on you know I was just this little kid but I remember it so clearly and it kind of it burst out and I opened my eyes and I just realized that you know rec- recognizing the beauty and the joy of every single religious um doctrine and design at their root you know is love and goodness and interconnectedness and yet the dogma is the limitation and the you know the human translation you know inevitably something is lost and so i opened my eyes and i i i, I looked around and i was like wow it was the first time in my life i'd i'd realized that there is so much more than this you know there is so much more than this and um that was a cool moment <laughs> <laughs> at what point did you find yourself drawn to music as so much of your your expression and your purpose was that at a young age as well or did that come later i was i was um learning piano as a child that was my first instrument and i always love to say how awesome that was and is because even vocally now i have like a kind of a a map it sort of gives me a visual reference to the way that notes and harmonies and things work together. Um, so I played piano as a child and then in high school I was doing like keyboard in a jazz band and I was playing bassoon in, a, um, in an orchestra for quite some years, which was another cool experience and pretty unusual <laughs> instrument. And uh, I kind of left music behind then for a while. You know, I started traveling and going on different yeah started jetting around the world i would say you know on 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 a pilgrimage of just exploration and discovery and i was um yeah i was in africa and and wrote wrote my first song of which i don't really remember so much of the song <laughs> but um yeah i think you know as as my connectivity to to let's say to the divine or to myself or to all of life started to be cultivated in a deeper way i reconnected into you know that skill base that i had from childhood and and started to find that music was a beautiful bridge for that for me personally and for many others and you know i feel like in in a way i kind of feel like it's my first language you know just rhythm and sound and melody and it's such a beautiful thing, you know, traveling when you, you meet someone who, you know, you they don't speak a word of English and you don't speak a word of whatever their native tongue is and you can just banter, you know, you can just get on this get on this train together and, and, and have a beautiful journey of sound and and rhythm. So yeah, music's a mm. uh, just a such a special language. Who were the role models for masculinity that you remember most strongly? you know, through your formative years, whether, you know, adolescence, but even into, say, your early 20s. And I'm also drawing a distinction from, I can't remember one of my previous interviews who said it, but, you know, for, it seems like for men, so much of what they understand is possible uh, in what it means to be a man comes from modeling, you know, comes from seeing it uh, embodied or expressed in another man. And I wonder for you, yeah, who were those that really showed you what is possible? Mm. Well, I think in childhood, I would say that the two strong ones for me there is, you know, most definitely my father. 
the primary uh, example of man. You know, like I, I would say, like like most of the listeners and and myself and yourself included. You know, there's there's a lot that I received that I that I really cherish, and there's a lot that I received that um, I've been working through, and uh, you know, re- redesigning this man that's now speaking through this microphone to you know to 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 craft and sculpt myself in such a way that I can. Uh, step into a more whole, uh, a deeper wholeness of being, and uh, you know I think as as fathers as well we we do we do the best we can and yeah I mean my dad was super epic and loving and awesome he was a prominent role there and the other the other male that I would cite from from my youth it was my scout leader and you know scouting when I was a kid was was a pretty big deal in. In you know, in the area I grew up, grew up in, especially for boys, and um, I had some amazing experiences. You know, we were, we were a pretty wild bunch. We would be out on survival camps and doing, you know, just being being really deep in the nature. You know, we would go for days with a little backpack and be, you know, deep in the mountains, in the Blue Mountains, up behind Sydney. And um, yeah, our leader. Um, at, at that time was a gentleman from England. He'd been, you know, he'd been in the police force in England and relocated to Australia. And, you know, he demonstrated to me the, an embodied, uh, like a, I would say the loving power, the loving power of a man. You know, he was, he was, he was very physically embodied, you know, very strong, very able, you know, he would, he would jump, you know, if there was a fray, he would jump into the center, you know, and he was, he was very, very empowered in that, in that way and had a lot of skills to back it up. He also had a, a certain care about him, you know, a certain compassion, like a strong compassion, which, um, which I feel like really uh, embedded something into me. I understand you're a father now as well. I am. I have a. I have a daughter. She's uh, nineteen now. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. I've got a son. Yeah, he's uh, just about twenty-two months. So. Uh, Beautiful. Different stages of life for sure. Yeah. Um, but I wonder how has the examples you've had and the time since shaped your own fathering? In this case, with your daughter. I think you know every every experience, every chapter in our life. We, we kind of tuck into our tool belt and, um, you know, cer- certainly there's, there's moments in, in parenting my daughter where I, where I catch myself, you know, where I'm like, oh, wow, that's, that's cool. I just, I just felt my dad in that moment, you know, or I just felt my mom in that moment or, you know, all, all, all of the phases of our life come together in, into each and every moment, you know, this moment we're sharing right here is the culmination of, who who I've become and and who all of the listeners have become and the way that the way that we drink you know the way that we drink that experience in and then respond and so yeah I would say there's there's a there's a whole probably a whole meridian of nuances from from those early male roles that I bring into the experience of um of fathering my daughter yeah mm. Speaking of your music now, the thing that strikes me so much about it and, and beautifully is that there feels like such a deep connection to nature. Uh, and, and I would actually describe it really uh, embodying the lover archetype. 
in a way that you know I've I feel is actually somewhat rare, at least in my experience, where you know there's a beautiful way of of praising and, and prayer that I feel comes through with your music, which um, seems to constellate or speak to or embody a lot of the elements, you know, whether that's water uh, or the earth uh, or, you know, Brother Wolf. Uh, I mean, all these mm. elements that I feel you, you in a way are in this um, dialogue with, uh, you know, or this appreciation for. And there seems to be such a, yeah, such a connection to nature coming through that, you know, I can't imagine you living in a city and being able to do that. So I feel like there's something about that capacity of expressing the lover in a way that does feel like a really beautiful quality of, you know, this archetypal masculinity. Uh, and I wonder, again, is that how you see what you're doing in your music? And and how has that developed over time for you? Mm. Oh, well, thank you for those beautiful reflections. Yeah, I love that that is... Um that's what you've received through the music, you know, and um, I, I wouldn't say in a way that it's necessarily been my intention, but it's been the the flavor or, or the um, expression that is that I've landed in, you know. I'm a carpenter by trade, and so I, for many years I was, um, you know, that was that was my bread and butter. Music was on the side as a, as a creative um, practice, and. Um, and I'm really, I'm really grateful for that because it kept it very authentic. I didn't have to mm. kind of bend or shape it in some way to make a career out of it. And um, I would say over the last, you know, probably ten years, it's incrementally become a career. And uh, <laughs> and I love what you touched on there, you know, with the with the the elements, you know, from from spending long and deep times in in nature. I would say that you know I, I do have an intimacy with the earth, and and so that that sentiment of, of the sort of lover archetype, um, you know, and I would say most most men would feel that you know when you when you're deep deep in a valley, just surrounded by you know thick kind of rainforest, or or you're on a mountaintop just gazing out on the on the shapes on the curves of the land, you know, it, there's it's a I mean that man that stuff. That stuff is lasting. That stuff sits deep in your being. You know, it's like those kind of vistas and those sort those sort of energetic imprints are um, generally generally our Earth is 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 revered as as a feminine power. You know, Mother Earth, Pachamama, and so um, I think my yeah from receiving through that has cultivated a, a certain deep reverence in me which has naturally translated into my creativity. And um, so I'm, I'm really glad that that has translated. And I've, yeah, I've, you know, through the years, there's in the different, just to touch in on as well, in, you know, in the different kind of uh, flavors of masculinity, you know, sometimes that, sometimes that prayerful, soft, reverent, humble um, expression can be can be lost you know can be can be seen as weak can be seen as not stepping forward in certain ways you know and i i could i could say that i've definitely you know drawn comparison to other artists and other particularly other male artists who are you know expressing more of an upfront kind of powerful uh frequency and more and more as my life is unfolding i'm i'm finding just uh a deeper confirmation of standing in that 
standing in that beautiful poise, you know, of, of reverence and prayer and recognizing that, you know, the, the way we've come so far out of balance is, is that we actually need more men to be in that place. We, that's, you know, I've, I believe that's the kind of man that our world needs right now is a man who is able to listen, you know, a man who's able to yield, a man who's able to just, you know, receive from the world and then be, be still for a moment, you know, instead of jumping into action. And, you know, that, that's, that's what I'm learning a lot about at the moment as well is to, um, to truly support the feminine power and learning how to hold my own uh, power whilst my partner rises, you know, whilst, whilst we learn to listen and support and come into our place amongst it all. Yeah. Mm, beautiful. I would also name that there's a thread, I believe, of an anthemic quality of, you know, calling forth, whether it's, uh, you know, circle around the fire, or bring the drums. And mm. um, I think you wrote that recent song of water, you know, inspired by Standing Rock. And mm. hearing another interview, it spoke to how you, you know, I think banded together with a number of others and, and went to, you know, support one of the local indigenous bands in, in resistance to, you know, likely mining or extraction, things like that. And so I would love to hear that thread of your work. Like what, what was the, what drew you into that kind of, uh, you know, indigenous um, allyship awareness, maybe I'll call it that. Um, and, and how that has become part of your purpose, I find in your music that, and, and like, like I say, you know, Dylan, would have this quality, I believe, of this anthemic quality. It wasn't about, you know, big stadiums with people. It was actually about, you know, music for the people, music to call them forth, to, you know, what really matters. And, you know, I'll just also reflect in so many of my friend group as well. You know, and I told him I'd be interviewing you for this podcast. You know, so many of them are like, oh, you know, it's, he's one of my favorite artists. Like, he just so, he just draws me forth, you know, to, oh. to you know, to care, to, uh, to stand, you know, when it's, when it's time. Mm. And so I wonder how the journey has been for you. You know, what is it an encounter with a particular, you know, time in your life with some of the indigenous where you are there and, you know, how has it become such a necessary relationship to cultivate, I suppose. And that's how, cause that's how I see it as well. Mm. Oh, thank you for those reflections. Yeah. I love, I love that that, um, the core of that feeling was, was this sort of drawing forth, I can really, uh, I can really feel that. One of my, one of my favorite words in English is beckon, to beckon, mm. you know, and beckoning. So there's a, the, the first song on one of my albums is called Beckoning. And I feel like that's, you know, to, to speak to that. I think it's, I think, I would say it's born from actually the indigenous seed within me that recognizes and is in, is in remembrance of, of that interconnectedness. And um, a, a dear friend of mine used to say, you know, that we're all indigenous to planet Earth. And I do feel that, you know. And I also deeply recognize that the, as we refer to, the indigenous people who still have the, the threads of their culture are still woven. You know, they're, they're, I've, I've heard it said that every culture that is still woven together has three things, singing, dancing, and drawing you know, I, I feel like that that alone can highlight to us where we've where we need to what we need to cultivate in our personal lives and in our communities and in our cities and in our you know and and how often do we see 
people organically singing and dancing together in a city. Very, very rare. You know, there's entertainment, there's um, there's massive concert halls and it happens for a moment, you know, and it's kind of like a wild night out. But I, I just feel, you know, there's there's a memory in all of our bones, you know, that and it's something that I've been, you know, I'm so grateful that I experienced many years ago, started to touch in on that, started to remember what that feeling is you know when i'm when i can feel the warmth of the fire on my skin and my feet are, are touching the soil you know and i stomp i stomp that foot down and a little bit of dust goes up you know and it's like this is this this is something that resides within us all and it's a certain it's a certain intelligence that's not not non-cognitive you know it's an in, it's an intelligence from the chambers of the heart and the chambers of belonging. And um, I think, you know, any any way that we can uh, curate, cultivate, resuscitate and, you know, birth those ways of being back into our lives, I feel like, you know, this, that's, that's, there's so much solution there that can't be quantized but it has deep effect and, um, yeah. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure mm. if I nailed the question, but I ended up somewhere mm. there. <laughs> I, feel, I feel that. And I suppose, too, that part of that question for me is almost like a uh, an invitation as well to men in particular, certainly anyone listening, but those that don't come from cultures that still have, you know, the, the threads intact. And so many don't, you know, in modern culture, you know, myself, you know, my people came from um, Ireland and England and Scotland and uh, though I was born in Canada, of course, you know, it wasn't that long ago that my people were not in this land. And so as I've become to do more work with decolonization and really understanding, you know, the history and the present, uh, you know, reality of so many uh, disparities, you know, with the indigenous peoples of this place, it's really called me forth to be able to recognize, oh, wow, this is so much of the work that actually is, it's a kind of, um, uh, I don't know, necessary uh, labor, I should say, you know, for, for the, the price of being where I am. And, and I don't mean that in a sense of, you know, like a guilt trip, because that's not the right energy to come from, you know, and I, I suppose for you as well, like I just, maybe I, my perception is that you also have a sense of, you know, like you named the, the territories of where you live now, you know, of the uh, original peoples. And I think I've picked up that you, you sort of have a consciousness around, you know, what are the names of places that you know of, you know, before they were English names, my sense is that you do have uh, a kind of ability to recognize that that's so necessary, you know, like that any any kind of current endeavor, whether it's, uh, you know, creative or revolutionary, if it doesn't incorporate that understanding, you know, that for so many of these are peoples that are on lands that are not theirs, mm. right? That that it's it's sort of doomed to just, just repeat the past. And so I just feel like, again, I perceive that I feel in your music. And, and again, I wonder if that was intentional uh, and or just something that, again, felt true for you to to incorporate. Mm, yeah, thank you. I don't know if it's been an intentional incorporation, but it's just part of, part of what I brought forth. And um, I completely, you know, deeply agree with you that the, you know, recognition of the past is is the way that we build from now you know and the way that we craft a, f a future of of hopefully of you know with a bit more of harmonic um harmonic resonance for all of life and 
you know, time and time again, you know, wherever we wherever we travel around the world and all of the information that we can now ac- access online. I know for myself when I've come into contact with with indigenous wisdom keepers there's just a there's just a certain uh, beingness there that's undeniable you know and it, and it's on one level like completely simple and basic <laughs> and on another level completely cosmic and just like blows your mind and um yeah earlier this year um we had a small group we went up to Arnhem land we were spending a little bit of time with the Yolnu people and you know there again it's like sitting around the fire just not really doing much but there's a there's a deep conversation going there's a deep you know an embodiment of a way of being that is that is in harmony as as much as one can be in this time you know where where we've undergone such you know such deep entrenched disconnected dis- disconnectedness and you know the the manipulations that that we're resisting against are, are strong and so carrying a carrying a reverence within us and then actively finding ways that we can support you know support indigenous voices support indigenous movements you know i mean wow look have have a look around the world in the last few weeks you know it's it seems like the what the collective of humanity is really ripe for that conversation and for that action and for that re um the the reshaping of of that narrative and that conversation in our culture is is taking place which is really really awesome to see you know i'm struck by this relationship between performance or or, or you know bringing song to the people and this connection to ceremony right that that in some ways done well or done as the 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 core of them are that they're they're sort of inseparable, you know, it feels like, and in some ways as well, the, the, a, a song really shapes the energy or guides the energy of a space, you know, and people in a moment. And you know, I was at an indigenous gathering this weekend that was really looking at anti-racism and and allyship, um, and it didn't really approach it directly. Uh, that actually, it was very similar to what you're saying. There was a lot of time by the fire. There was time, you know, carrying the canoe, you know, to the water and back together and Mm -hmm. in some ways it it kind of felt a bit like well when are we going to get to the thing you know for me when are we going to get to the solutions and Uh there was a different approach the different intelligence that was being uh brought forth and i just recognized that music and its power to uh to shape or to shift uh coherence you know within a group particularly like you mentioned you know in uprisings in street gatherings or, or street uh, protests and the rest. You know, I'm thinking of Standing Rock, places like that where ceremony was inseparable. It felt like from you know the, quote the protesting, you know, the, or the water protectors, and that to me felt like that was a clear kind of bursting forth of that paradigm. You know that 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 Standing Rock in particular, I felt was at least puncturing kind of like mass consciousness's understanding about what is you know, quote, what is protesting or what does it mean to bring, you know, solutions and, and that the indigenous were kind of like, hey, yo, you know, ceremony uh, and prayer are, are, they're not different than, you know, bringing forth, you know, defending a mother earth. And so I guess my question for you is, you know, having performed to many, many crowds and audiences and probably sensing a lot of energetics, you know, maybe again, bringing music to the people at rallies, you know, at protests, um, things like that. What is it about, the power of music, you know, for you as like a focalizer, let's say in that moment to, yeah, to bring, to uplift, to, 
to shift, you know, energy that could go a lot of ways, you know, but, but there's like a particular function. I feel like this troubadour, you know, that as, as you've been called is, is really vital to these moments of transformation. I feel like that phrasing is indicative of, um, you know, if, if, if one is coming to music with, um, with a sense of wider awareness and of, you know the the blessing of being able to stand in that role, as you said. You know when when you're in a large group of people, or or you're on a stage in front of a few thousand people at a festival, people are receiving you. You know you've got a microphone that's bo- booming out across this whole gathering of humanity, and and you know what a beautiful what a beautiful position to be in to to you know sing from the heart and to um, uplift the spirit of humanity. You know the the musicians have always played this kind of really fascinating role. You know where they're they're kind of like partly kind of unseen and partly like really powerful and partly sort of on the on the fringe, and then they come right into the middle. And it's you know like in the um, in the early times in, in Europe, you know when the when the sort of the the, the roots of the troubadours and and the bardic lineages, you know, that was a very very deep path, you know, that touches in on the on the oral traditions, you know, of when music was was never recorded, wasn't written down. It was it was you know the 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 bards were the were the history the historians, you know, and they would literally travel, you know, village to village and sing the songs of the people to keep that that awareness, you know, that thread of connectivity alive, you know, through myth, through legends, you know, and then along came the time when we, we started to notate and write things down and, and then tuck it away in a bookcase, you know. So I think that's also indicative of the, the cultures that still have their oral traditions alive. It's a living culture. It's a culture where that song is sung every day or every year on a certain time and, it's tapping people in through the music to the um, articulation of the experience. And so I think the music, you know, carry, carries a narrative. And um, check check out the pop culture right now that we're living in, you know. The, um, <laughs> you know, like if we, if we took a chorus from a song in the 60s, I, I, I can pretty much bet it would have some good depth and some a little bit of revolutionary in it and some good kind of humor and you know all of these elements of just like broadening the listener's awareness broadening the the listener's perspective on a social or political front and you know now we've got we've got a you know a a deeply manipulated funneled channeled screened media system that you know where pop music is is flatlined as far as i'm concerned you know it's like it's this angsty kind of teenage love it's like we've kind of got stuck in this in this chapter of our human development where it's it's actually hard it's difficult to find a song now on in popular culture that really is like beckoning us like you said before you know that's actually inviting us into a deeper state of being and um, I feel like as as adults and as we as we mature and then you know we're we're sensing and we're we're expanding into all these new ways of being and so I'm I'm super passionate yeah about just you know also having music along the way also having those 
those um, affirmations, you know, you're driving along in your car in the middle of the city. Do you want to, what do you want to, how do you want to be affirmed? How do you want to be reflected, you know, by what's on on your radio? Mm. Yeah. Well, I love a couple of those points and I just want to reflect them back. One that, you know, in the days of old, ancestrally, that troubadours would be the the memory keepers of of a people and of, you know, what happened. And also strikes me about, in, in some sense, you know, it was Marshall McLuhan, a Canadian, uh, who said, uh, the medium is the message. And that there's always a consequence to technology. You know, there's the benefit and then there's what's lost. And I think about recorded music and, of course, the benefit is, you know, so many people now can hear the music in a recorded form, you know, around the world. I think I saw on your Spotify recently uh, post that, you know, 79 countries or something, you know, had been able to now experience your music and, and me as well, you know, before I met you. Beautiful. And at the same time, I'm recognizing, whoa, what what preciousness troubadours, you know, would have been certainly at a time when there was no recorded music, you know, for their capacity to show up and to bring, you know, song and 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 music is just, it would have been a profound um, gift, you know, and, and likely a lot more rare, uh, you know, mm-hmm. to a people. And so, again, you know, what's gained and what's lost. And it feels like a perfect time actually to invite you to uh, bring forth song as, uh, as we spoke earlier and that you graciously agreed to bring. So perhaps this uh, is the moment. Ah, awesome. Yeah, I, 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 I deeply agree with what you just shared then. And, you know, I feel like it's, it's also indicative of, um, you know, we're, we're, we're finding our healthy relationship with technology and um it's not easy it's not easy you know we we i would say you know each one of us is um is tapped in in a certain way that we're kind of sensing that we you know it 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 takes a strong spirit to to stay aware you know of like how you know how often am, am i on the screen how often am i you know what how am i engaging with my energy and how gridded in am i to that intelligence and and where do i need to just simple stuff go be in the sunlight mm. go jump in the ocean <laughs> you know go run up a mountain go and go and craft you know i feel like creative embodiment i i mean i i do i do all my own graphics and i record my own music and you know i i i love creating in the digital realm and i also recognize that it's so important for me to to use my hands and to to create in in what I would say is more I would say real time you know where it's where I'm you know using like a, a piece of rope where I'm like banging something with a hammer where I've got a paintbrush in my hand you know where I'm just like uh, intuitively responding to the energy that's present and you know I, I know a lot of people who work online are able to inhabit that space. And I think we, we, we need to be aware there. We need to, you know, not, not forget that, um, you know, to go and plant something in the garden, to harvest something in the garden. There's a, there's a, there's a different, there's a different, um, relationship taking place there. So, Mm -hmm. and, um, I was just thinking about us, which song to share before our chat. And, um, this one came through. It's called Innermost High, and um, I'm just in the process of doing a little more recording at the moment. So this one will eventually be out and about there. And um, I feel like it's relevant for for this time where we, 
you know, I'm not sure about you, you guys all out there, but I've had moments along the last few months where I've been just really deeply saturated by information. You know, like the the number of experts on this whole whole global reset going on is is astounding. You know, and <laughs> it's like where where do we where do we anchor ourselves in to respond or to believe what we're being presented with? And um, I don't mean that necessarily in any conspiracy conspiracy ways, but just like where do we find our place in this experience? You know, this is like a global experience that we're all sharing and it's so easy to get lost in it and to feel disempowered. And I can say that as a man, you know, it's like I've been deeply confronted by my fear, my fear for my children, my fear for my own safety, my fear for that you know our species and and the planet as a whole and uh i feel like one of the things for me that's that's coming through loud and clear is just simply coming back like unplugging coming into silence coming into stillness and um not not as a disconnect but as a deepening and um this song's a little bit about that it's it's about returning to uh to the core of our own being in order to affect change in this world.
There are river grow deep and wide Cast away from the shores and glide Here upon the water of the most high For the river flows deep inside There are river grow deep and wide Cast away from the shores and glide Where all of the angels are by your side Bury your hatchet down to the ground now See the walls that we built, they were old Polish the mirror, yeah. reflecting the shadow and light from inside. All our wisdom dwell on the inside in the most high, the open sky. Come around, come around now. Unfold your wings for you know how to fly. All our wisdom dwell on the inside. For you still can fly. Come on, fold your wings for you still can fly. Cause you can climb to the highest mountain, you can swim to the farthest shore, you can walk all the land for an and still not find what you're searching for The remedy is your own heartbeat Growing old but you're still being born To the mirror, come to the mirror Gaze into the eyes of an open In the most high of the open sky Come around, I hear, come around now Unfold your wings for you know how to fly All our wisdom dwell on the inside In the most high of the open sky Come around, I hear, come around now Unfold your wings for you still can fly Unfold your wings for you still can fly feel both deepened and uplifted at the same time. Ah, <laughs> uh, beautiful. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It makes me feel of uh, the words of another guest I've had on, uh, Bio Komalafe, a uh, beautiful poet, 
But he said, the times are urgent. Let us slow down. Wow. That's awesome. I love there's that. Something, yeah, there's something in, in the spirit as well that you've offered there. That, uh, mm. you know, to slow down, to connect with what feels like the ground of, you know, the true frequency of spirit, of the intelligence of nature, and then to act from that place. Mm. And hopefully, you know, that would bring about whatever change, but the change would come from from being in contact, you know, with that place as, as much as one can be, um, which maybe is so much the antidote to the times, right, is kind of acting from a place that isn't isn't in connection with source mm. um, with the intelligence of nature you know with each other so I feel yeah your, your track perfectly captures the beauty of that uh, sentiment oh thank you yeah I think you hit the nail on the head right there of, you know and and I would say I would say particularly as modern men you know we can get we can get so so gritted into this into the action you know of just like let's let's jump to it let's fix all this shit you know like let's 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 do what we're here to do kind of thing and and we end up mm. running around getting completely scrambled and um so i think i think it's true what you said you know of just coming coming back to the center you know and then acting when we can act when we can engage with with assurance and we when we can engage with with a, a sense of purpose and um it's a fine line to to find that but uh, let's keep on. Let's keep on that path and keep reminding each other and keep awakening each other to new new ways of, of embodying that balance. Last question. I had a friend ask me recently about virtue. And I wonder, what does virtue mean to you, especially in this time of, you know, what does it mean to engage with the wildness, with the uncertainty, but from a place of, of virtue? Whatever that might mean to you now, you know, and maybe maybe we could call it, you know, right action from that place. It's not so much of a sort of ethical or moral standpoint per se, but maybe action that is is in contact, you know, that is from that place of of connection to ground. Mm. What might that look like? Yeah, beautiful. Well, I, I feel like what that looks like is is gonna is unique to each one of us, you know. Just like if we take that that beautiful analogy of the village, you know, each person has mm. their unique role. You know, each person has their unique offering, their unique voice. You know, as as interconnected as we all are, we each have our own personal life path. I mean, for me right now, it's it's um, yeah, it's it's being in service through music. It's um, you know, supporting my 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 beloved partner and my and my daughter and um finding ways to uh pollinate this world you know with with beauty and and loving awareness and um yeah i feel like just you know in, in some, some sometimes i catch myself in this time being like what can i do and then i realize that i'm doing it you know and so so it's a it's a deepening it's a, it's like a Almost like a relaxing into that, which which we know, because you know, essentially, I feel like I feel like we've probably most people who are, you know, fo- also following your work, you know, we've come come a fair ways on the path, you know, here, and um, so it's really like taking carrying our bundle and and just deepening into it, you know, and 
on that, I, I, I just want to thank you as well for the invitation to be here and to share, you know, because um, I think this is actually probably the first kind of proper official podcast I've done. So um, it's, uh, it's an honor. Wow. And, um, <laughs> you know, I think, that, I think that's reflective of what I was just sharing. You know, it was like this is a time of me personally for me. It's like, well, how can I apply myself a little deeper you know how can i engage a little deeper and and right now it's it's local you know like i mean we're, we're chatting now cross-continentally but in a general sense you know that I, I feel like one of the blessings of this this whole um experience worldwide is there actually has been a lot of decentralization as much as there's a in some in some realms the centralizing of of information and of of you know food food networks and things there's also a, a mass decentralization and wherever we are in the world we're we're kind of taking stock we're looking around we're going okay what's what's in my immediate vicinity here especially now you know where international travel is is very restricted and you know even even travel out of your own street in some places is restricted it's like you know we're, it's a big wake up we're 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 being like okay what's what's at my fingertips here you know where where does my water come from where does where does my wastewater go you know what impact am i having and and i feel fortunate to be able to really gestate in those inquiries and and take action where i can you know i know a lot of people out there right now are just are just getting by you know just kind of on a survival reality so um mm. so yeah to be virtuous to be um to just to you know continue to inspire each other continue to awaken ourselves continue to strengthen and, and ally together with the, the keepers of true wisdom and um fortify that and uplift that as best as we can with joy in our heart you know because what a blessing this human life is Murray kyle thank you for beckoning us forth and calling forth the new paradigm in the beautiful way that you do uh, and Ian McKenzie, thank you. Thank you for uh, all of the pollination you're doing in this time. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Mythic Masculine. If you enjoyed what you heard, please visit any of the major podcast platforms and leave a review. This helps spread the word and reach a wider audience. And if you were stirred by the themes and ideas, consider joining the Mythic Masculine Network our online community that is diving deep into the realms of culture, ritual, and the mythopoetic. Visit network.themythicmasculine.com to learn more.